That was his little poppy song on that. So that was um, it was all just jangly and fun and poppy, really. That that EP, all of it. Welcome back to Foves Are the Best People, where we review every song from those legendary Mornington Peninsula tunesmiths, the Foves. Today we are very lucky to be guested by Glyn Francis. Hello, Glyn. Hello, John. How you doing, mate? Very good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I should tell everyone up from the front that uh, you provided one of the theme songs for our for our podcast, a uh, jazzy lounge room version of uh, Dogs Are the Best People. Thank you for doing so. My pleasure. It was lots of fun. Um, our singer is a bit of a, a bit of an animals fan as well. She's a fan of dogs, so she enjoyed uh, singing on that as well. But yeah, it was it was lots of fun. A little bit different for us. We tend not to do straight jazz, but we just try. We thought we'd give it a try. So yeah. It's not really straight jazz, though, I, I don't think. <laughs> and what is the name of your outfit? Murukaru. Ooh. Don't, it's an Estonian word. Murukaru. And how long you guys been around for? Uh, I think we, we really formed in 2016. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we've we've sort of had little hiatuses in between then. But, yeah, we, we formed in 2016. Essentially, you just play a covers gig for, like, a charity. And then we just kept playing together, basically. Fantastic. Now, Glenn, what are your memories of the Foves? You're a 90s kid. Did you did you catch them in the late 90s or your fan or you know of them at all? So, I, I vaguely remembered the name. And there's also there's also an American band just called Foves, isn't there as well? Like, not the Foves or... There is one or two, yeah, around the world with or without the... I should have had something to do with, with Fauvism. Isn't that a, some sort of philosophy or something? Fauvism? It was an art movement. An art movement. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They, they were post-expressionist or, or something. I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, Ooh, very inner yeah. city wanker. I like it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay, so uh, 90s. Yeah, so I vaguely remember the song, Dogs Are the Best People. And I think I remembered, I think I remembered it most from the video clip. I think I might have seen the video clip on Rage, and I think I'm I almost I, I I'm almost sure I would have seen them on Recovery, because I'm pretty sure, sure they played Re- Recovery back in the day, and I was a massive fan of Recovery in the '90s. I loved that show. The the clip for Dogs are the best people. I you know I rewatched that monthly. It uh, always brings a smile to my face. It's black and white, and it's in you know the CBD off uh, I think Little Burke or something. People are getting angry listening to this, but um, yeah, it reminds me of the also of the Meanies video clip, Ten Percent Weird, which is also in black and white, and it's a bit sort of humorous. So yeah, it's a very good clip. I don't, I, I don't know that song. I've never heard the, I've never heard the Meanies song, but I, I'll have to check it out. It is great power pop punk. Yeah, Ten Percent Weird, Ten Percent Weird. Okay, I'll <laughs> check it out. I'll check it out. But yeah, the video clip's cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And on this specific episode, we are reviewing the 2001 American stoner comedy film starring Method Man and Red Man. How high. <laughs> nice, yes. That's a joke I prepared earlier. How high. I like that. Hi-ho. I mean, it's, wasn't Method Man the guy that did um, Because I Got High? The song, Because I Got High, like that one. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so I, I didn't even know he did a movie. I guess, hey, good luck, good good on him for getting a movie made. Um, you know, um, I'm sure it's going to be remembered in many years along with, what is it, Citizen Kane and, and Method Man. And <laughs> well, of course, we're talking about the second track of This Mood Has Passed called High How. Now, this is one of the oldest Fove songs to make it onto record, written by the Doctor, of course. Big clue is he's singing it. And yeah. Glyn... In, Bo- in Fove's folklore, a big uh, milestone is this 1986 trip around Australia that Coxie and Doctor took over for eight months or something, just sharing a lot of music and seeing this great landscape. And at some point at Byron Bay, uh, Doctor bought his, I think at Coxie's insistence, his first ever guitar. And Wait. this was probably one of the first songs he wrote and began to write. So, uh, okay. So how old were they when how old were they when they do, when they were doing this trip? Uh, nineteen or twenty or thereabouts. Doctor was just outside of school, yeah. Now and, and the other confusion, so those are two famous names in Australia, the, the Doctor or Doctor and Coxie. I assume that neither <laughs> of them are the Doctor from Friends of Rom and Coxie from T V. <laughs> That's correct. No yeah, Coxie the Coxie of T V was the drummer in some seventies band, wasn't he? 
old 55 or Frankie Holden. I don't know, some oh, band. I, I think I think everyone on, t- on Australian TV has to have one point in time been in a, in a moderately successful band. Those are the rules. I remember Red yeah. Simon and what was the other, the other guy that played the saxophone? Wilbur Wilde. That guy lived in my area in Ivanhoe. So, every really? now and again, you yeah, you just see him like walking around and it's like, hey, there's Wilbur. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other doctor you're referring to, I think, has the definite article, the, in front of it. He's the okay. guitarist, uh, Mr. Mc- Jason McDougall, is it? Uh, from Frenzel Rom. Yeah. And he also hosts a radio show on, um, on Triple J as well. That's right. Uh, okay. So, I assume it's not the same person. No, different. Um, I'm Good sure they've had that, that, that sort of rap battle in a car park, I'm sure, outside of Triple J. I hope or, so. Uh, yeah. If not, can you please set it up? Because yep. that sounds amazing. <laughs> He's a lovely guy, the other one, the doctor, but, uh, you know, ultimately, sure he is. our doctor came first. Yeah. I'm sure he is. There's lots of lovely guys in rock. I remember I met the lead singer of UMI when I worked in the guitar shop. He brought in his acoustic guitar to get it fixed, and he was lovely. He, was a, he seemed like a lovely bloke. You heard it here first, folks. Well, I mean, it was 10 minutes, so I think there's that old saying, you know, anyone can, anyone can not seem like an arsehole for 10 minutes, so who knows? <laughs> so, full disclosure, everyone, up until just a few short weeks ago, I had never actually heard this proper record copy version of Hi How. Yeah. What I had heard was evidently a live version that's really stripped back and very folky. And so it's been really hard. It's been interesting for me to think of this song outside of that context. And I'll talk about how I first came across that recorded version now. Oh, yeah, no, cool. What I did was when I was at La Trobe Uni once, I was starting on my Fove's journey. I had uh, I had the, f- the first three albums, but I was running late to an exam in Car Park 2A and I saw an old battered Ford with a Fove sticker on the back of the mud flap. And I just left an old school note on the, the windscreen saying, oh man, give me a call. This is my Nokia. Give, I had gave him the phone number to my Nokia 404 or whatever and said, oh, please call me. Like, oh, I need to get these early EPs and... An hour later or so, I'm in Brunswick or something, and I get a call. And it's uh, someone who's working there uh, in the lab. I think he was a PhD student in the Earth Sciences building. And he loaned me that afternoon his entire Fove's collection. And I went home and copied it and gave it back to him. And uh, to this day, I don't know who that, that kind gentleman was. but um, Yeah, wow. I think this was 2003 or four. So if you're out there, if you, yeah, give us a call, uh, contact at fovespodcast.com. But um, you gave, a, gave to me a big part of my early Foves collection on uh, poorly notated CDs and so forth. And yeah, I always thought Hi How was the, was the sort of campfire song rather than this Echo and the Bunnymen type song that we're reviewing today. So yeah, that was a tangent, but there you go. Yeah. Cool story. Hmm. Reach out, please. Yeah, cool. Yeah, very cool. What did you think of this song in broad terms? Did you like it, Glenn? I did. I did quite like it. So it was, it was, I had an unusual experience. So the first time I heard it, I thought it sounded familiar. All right. So I thought I'd already heard it before, not from back in the day. I thought it was the theme music for a television show called Hollow Men, which was on the ABC, which is a Rob Sitch uh, and I think working working dog. So I'm, I, yeah, I thought it was the theme music to that. So that's where I thought. I, that's where I thought I was like, oh, I was so sure. I was like, oh yeah, it's the theme song to that to that television show. 
So I, I, I messed around with it, learnt, learnt it based off the chords and tried to get the, um, the, that, that, that lead line in it. The... It's, this, it's this sort of D minor-y kind of lick. Hang hmm. on. Yeah, it's this, I'm pretty sure it's in D minor. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I thought it was that song, right? But it turns out that that is not the right song. That is actually uh, a song called North by North, I think, from oh. this band called, uh, yeah, North by North by the Bats, which is an, a New Zealand band. They're Kiwis. So, because obviously Rob Sitch is a, is a traitor and he doesn't put Australian music in his TV shows. But no, that's all right. So, uh, that's what I thought. I, I initially thought it was that song and then I checked it out. And uh, it's not, but it's it has a very similar feel to that song, which is also from the like late '80s. That so I'm pretty sure that's what the lead guitar is in. That it's I'm pretty sure it's in D minor, but there's an extra little bit of sort of dissonant funkiness in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what they're doing there. They're doing some extra complicated stuff, but the main chords are. There's only three chords. Yeah, yeah, it's super simple. So the really interesting part of it is that... But they're doing some extra stuff in there. I was trying to find the the extra note in there. I was wondering if it was that like bluesy note. Are they flatting their fifths? Yeah, flatting their... Yeah, (laughs) putting some jazz chords in there. Um, But no, I don't know what they're doing. They're doing some interesting stuff. So yeah, I, I think that that even though it's not that song, it still has that same feel, right? Where it has that slightly kind of anxious uh, kind of driving feel to it. You know, there's the, there's a certain level of anxiety to it. So yeah, it's the perfect music for like watching. It's like to play underneath Rob Sitch being a frustrated bureaucrat, I think. <laughs> the perfect theme music for that. Coxie said his uh, little lead noodling bit that you just played, uh, he was trying to channel Johnny Marr, but failing very badly. Totally, yeah. You can definitely hear the Johnny Marr kind of, kind of twinkly kind of stuff in there. Um, yeah, jangly kind of sound. Johnny Marr is amazing. Like Johnny Marr is one of the best rhythm guitar players I think actually out there. Like a lot of people, you know, like yourself, like you, you like the noodling and all that, all that, all that sort of you know fast noodling stuff, which I'm still not that good at really. Um, but yeah, Johnny Marr is an amazing rhythm guitar player. Yeah, he's so good. So yeah, the rhythm, the the verses. And pretty much the chorus is just three chords: D minor, C, G. Yeah, but they do they do interesting stuff with those three songs, with those three chords, mm. like the fact that they're able to get verses and choruses out of it and stuff. They can, yeah, it's it's great. Like listening to um, the Foves, listening to these these songs that you wanted wanted us to talk about, and just going back and checking their catalogue has been an interesting experience for me, right? Because as a musician myself. There's a lot of procrastination. I not just me. It seems like with lots of musicians, and these guys and these guys have just have just produced songs, right? They're they're a perfect example of while you're sitting at home trying to you know agonizing on making sure everything's perfect, there are other people out there that are getting shit finished. Um, and if you can't get shit finished, like no one cares about your ideas. No one cares about no one cares about what you're planning to do. They only care about what you can actually deliver and so good job on these guys for delivering you know years and years worth of albums like they've been producing albums since the 90s right hmm. 1990 yeah, so. this is the first ep yeah so i think it's great stuff good on them inspiring stuff the drums is pretty much straight four four 
and yeah. our drum doctor says the the kick is on every beat and sort of double double time on the hi-hat 16th notes and of yeah, course yeah. the tambourines in there doing a similar thing as well uh they said it's relatively straightforward to play but there's a lot of different elements so it's um yeah it's it's quite good and in the second chorus it's really echoey the drums like uh recorded yeah. in a good space yeah 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 the, i mean the, the echo i think is a big part of what is what makes it sound so of its time it makes it sound so like i was t- i was saying how it sounds really like late 80s to me um and that's the thing like when you hear that that song north by north that i was talking about it sounds like even though they're different songs one of the reasons why they sound so similar is the is the way the drum sound and the way that all the reverb and stuff sounds like the drum sound is really the same also that sort of drum how it opens with that kind of driving drum feel as well which yeah which reminds me also a little bit of um of some Paul Kelly stuff as well. But you were saying they were really channeling different different bands. Yeah. I, um... Because I'm so used to the the folkier version, I always... I, when I hear this drums coming in, I think it's going to be a bit of an electro song, which it isn't really. But I was wondering, do you... Can you imagine keyboards on this song? Or it being I could, a bit more of an electro? I could. I could. I don't think... It, I definitely don't think it needs keyboards. Um... I actually think the keyboards, because keyboards are often more kind of solidly in their key, whereas guitars are sometimes a bit more wobbly because of the intonation okay. of guitars. So yeah. I actually think I wonder how that that um, sort of slightly out of tune guitar part, the lead guitar part, which sounds it's meant to it sounds like it's meant to sound just slightly kind of not out of tune but slightly discordant. I wonder how that would sound. Maybe with some nice kind of. Um, uh, like Leslie organ kind of stuff with that, like you know, rotating speaker sound. That would that would sound kind of cool. But I think that there is definitely there there is some xylophone later on, or, or something that sounds yeah. like it sounds like a xylophone, but it sounds like a, a xylophone really high up. It mm. almost sounds like those little little kids ones, <laughs> right? That are really small and have that really high pitched tinkly noise. But yeah, it, it's it's there's definitely some other instrumentation at the end there. Yeah, the, the high the high pitched sort of sparkly noises. Yeah. Do you think Doctor's vocals are a bit low in the mix? Or it could just be my... Re- yeah. They could be. I mean, they, there's a lot of reverb on the vocals. Mm. And that was that 80s... That was kind of that, that 80s sound as well, where it's like the, the you didn't want the vocals to be... At least with like 80s folk rocky kind of stuff, especially stuff from the UK. You, you mm. almost didn't want... They almost didn't want the vocals too far forward. So... I guess that yeah. The, the the question is is who produced it and is it is that what they were going for? Because it sounds good, but it sounds very eighties. It sounds very late eighties. So I can only assume that's what he, that's who he's going yeah. for. Yeah, the producer was famously a producer recorder of um, uh, metal bands from the suburbs. That was what he usually did. The Foves weren't usually his uh, normal uh, specimens, I don't think. But anyway, okay, yeah, but he did a good job. He did. A I great think job. so. Yeah. Hi, how? <laughs> I've written, is it about camping? It's all I remember about that song is how nasal my voice sounds. Everything just, <laughs> yeah. just singing up in that yeah. part of the head there. But that was it, yeah. That, I mean, that, both those songs got on Triple J, really, yeah. guys. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Right. That's yeah. Right. They did, yeah. So they got yeah. That's what, sort of what was your termed high rotation. Yeah, time. they got, got a decent airplay, yeah. yeah. Probably back then when they were a bit more alternative mm. as well. So, yeah, yeah that was yeah, the yeah, high thing. Yeah, I played it. We can move on to the lyrics now. So, yeah, sure. 
Obviously, you've got bringing it all, bring here, yeah. bring, bringing it all back home now. I, you, yeah, yeah. I can't help but think of the Dylan album. Um, you know, the one where it's half electric, half uh, acoustic, and obviously they're both big Dylan fans. But lyrically, it's sort of a song I think about an itinerant fisherman on the coast. But um, someone has these these dreams that plague him, of course. So, what did you th- what did you make of the lyrics, Glenn? So what do you I sort had, of think they're about? I had a bit of a different interpretation. So I actually thought that they were more about um, either a homeless person, right, or an indigenous person, you know, sort of when the ships were coming in um, from the colonizers, basically. But mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think so because it seems like there's some sort of things that are a bit modern. Um, but I remember um, looking at the lyrics and there's some stuff in there that makes me think that it's, you know, it's almost it's almost about like a homeless person trying to kind of live the hard life on the coast. Um, trying to really? Catch some, yeah, trying to catch some fish, um, okay. you know, and, and just trying to survive, basically. Someone that's kind of um, lost their faith in the world, really, I think. That's, that's, that's my interpretation of it, really. Yeah, I know. We, we, yeah, I guess we have a different interpretation of the lyrics. <laughs> well, see, I thought maybe it was a shipwrecked um, person, maybe in the Lockhart Gorge or something. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but I, I remember thinking, no, it's not a shipwreck. It's someone else who's, it's their life is the wreck, not rather okay. than a shipwreck. You know what I mean? So that, that's what that's that's what I, that's what I interpreted from the lyrics. That yeah, it was like what someone, maybe an ex-soldier or something like that, who was had enough. What drew me to that was, um, you know, fishing in the sea. I can't catch a thing. Was the yeah. the irony of someone maybe new to the continent who couldn't. Um, yeah, he's all, got all this fish around him, but he can't catch it. He, you know, maybe he he could do with the indigenous ways of helping him, you know, find fresh fish that are easy to catch or something. But he's the irony of him not being able to help himself in this land of abundance. So, hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was that was really just about his um his frustration with his situation, basically, where he's he's he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be part of society, but um. Yeah, see, because he's talking about the fire, the fire won't start again. Fishing by the sea can't catch a thing. So he's like, you know, he's he's trying to basically live outside of society, but he's finding it extremely difficult, as it would be. Like, there is a reason why there is a reason why people join society because it's it's not it's easier. And just the, you know, when he's talking about how I saw enough, I saw enough, I saw things that never were, and so I'm wondering if that's his the the. The, the person's struggle with mental illness or with seeing awful things that they try to escape from. Yeah, that's that's my interpretation. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Um, missing on the South Coast, do you think that's Victorian South Coast or the the New South Wales South Coast? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really it's suitably sure. vague and open-ended, I guess. Exactly, well. yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah. It just sounds like someone on the coast... Winter closing in, worrying about freezing in their tent. The fire won't start again. Yeah. Don't you find it weird? Don't you find it funny in Sydney when they always talk about the eastern suburbs? I suppose they mean like Bondi and Coogee, but I'm always like, do you mean the ocean somewhere out in the rocks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. It, it's, it's confusing to me. The eastern suburbs. You mean Norfolk Island, <laughs> New Zealand? Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, I like the lyrics. It's obviously got Cox of Doctor's obsession with water, of course, which is one of his themes. He's obsessed with water. Okay. 
I yeah, think a lot right. of Australians are obsessed with. I remember seeing this thing about Australian cinema, and it was talking about how water is actually a prevalent theme in Australian cinema as well. Mm. Yeah, like a lot of Australian films feature themes about water. Storm Boy. Maybe this is about Storm there's Boy. There's Storm Boy, there's the Wave, there's the Water Divider. Um, I remember seeing this thing, and it was, there's huge. It's like... The it's, Last it's, Wave, Peter Weir, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, we're, we're clearly a nation obsessed with water, and for good reason. We're one of the driest continents on Earth. So, yeah. Mm. We should be obsessed with water. I should tell people that this is the second song on the EP that uh, the doctor mentions our canine friends, dogs. Uh, I think the other one's Shower of Sparks, but uh, yeah, quite ironic that it was Coxie that later would take the uh, canine species to um, acclaim, not Doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So all in all, you're, you're a fan of this song, Glyn? Well, I mean, like before I heard it, I'd never heard and I wasn't that much of a fan of it. And it's normally not my kind of music, but I have to, it's one of those things often when I end up going through a piece of music and listening to it and trying to understand it, I end up becoming a fan of it and finding things I like in it. So yeah, thank you for in- introducing it to me. But yeah, it's it's a simple song, but a good one. And I think it's a great example about how even if you're just a beginner, just write, just write something. It doesn't need to be the most complicated song ever just write a song and then write another one and then write another one it can even just be three chords like it can just be three chords and have a weird guitar line and some xylophone and boom you got yourself a song they don't even go for like a a middle eight with a f or something creative it's no. all just those three chords no but i can appreciate that like when i when we were doing the dogs cover there's even though it's a simple riff and they their 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 website actually has like tab on it so thank you folks for for having some tab for your songs um and and the guitar part for for dogs are the best people is really super simple but there's always like little weird interesting things that they put in there like the slightly short verse going into the chorus that was mm. kind of an interesting thing to try to to try to do so yeah even if you're not the best most sophisticated musicians you can always do interesting little things with your songs um so yeah i i have a huge amount of respect for them just as as um, as musicians and songwriters so i think they're a great example of just get out there and get shit finished fantastic all i have really to share is uh, their early sound mix of peter garrett caritas says he remembers a time when they were going up to sydney and another car was coming the other way and they passed him on the Hume Highway and they shouted out, bringing it all back home, or they, they, they sang the rest of this chorus to High Howers that drove past. So he remembers that being a bit of an ego boost for the band at the time. So there you go. Oh, man, that'd be a massive ego boost. Like, that's, that's, um, it's always cool to have people uh, respond to your music and know your music and stuff. So it's amazing. Glyn. Yeah? Are you prepared to join us? To review the next song on this mood is past married by morning of course i will mate of course anytime all right well we'll catch you next time on foves of the best people oh, shit. <laughs> did you really forget the words at the start or is it like a faux introduction oh sorry and in the middle forgot the words <laughs> I can't remember like is, is there something about that yeah yeah you sort of go oh sorry at the start and midway you go I forgot the words is that right yeah no not, not on the actual record yeah I'm pretty sure no yeah. <laughs>
No. I think that's a really big aspect of their appeal that maybe isn't discussed enough is this egalitarian spirit that they projected that we're all just guys of equal talents that sort of together make this great blend that sort of cancel each other's weaknesses and enhance each other's strengths and make it look fun that you can identify, hey, I have fun with my friends. What if we took up instruments? We could be doing that too. Made it look not daunting. That's the thing that is incredibly challenging as and sophisticated as we know even their early songs to be. They didn't come off in a way that seemed out of reach to the people that were then inspired to take up instruments or form bands. And that's a remarkable thing to influence the culture, to set all that energy, give it a direction. What a profound thing. 